Hi there guys, welcome to Grupo Senzala's podcast, I'm Mestre Pedro, and on our episode number 5, I have a chat with Mestre Chumbinho from Capoeira Brazil. Mestre Chumbinho is from Australia, he started Capoeira a long time ago with Mestre Peixe. Mestre Peixe is one of the pioneers also of Capoeira in Australia, and uh, he tells this journey, you know, a little bit of his story, how he discovered capoeira, how he fell in love with it, and how he managed to bring capoeira to Hong Kong. I actually met him a few years back when I was in the city of Guangzhou, which is about three hours from Hong Kong. Master Chumbin also has an instructor in the same city, and, uh, you know, he came all the way from Hong Kong, brought his students, you know, it was a great vibe, he's a great guy, and uh, he's also... Um, a member of the World Capoeira Federation. I don't know if you heard about the World Capoeira Federation. We're running a few uh, championships with the ultimate goal of bringing Capoeira to the Olympics. So we have a nice chat about, you know, how he sees competition in Capoeira and the role that the Federation can have. So I hope you guys like it. And uh, let me know your thoughts, you know, your comments. You can share with your friends. And uh, don't forget to subscribe in the channel. You know, the interaction that we have helps this podcast to reach other capoeiristas. So, guys, thank you very much and enjoy it. I share. So, guys, we have here today uh, Mestre Chumbinho. He, he's from Australia and uh, he has been now for a, a number of years based in, in Hong Kong. Is that right, Mestre? That's right, yes. I've been in Hong Kong since 2005. 2005. And uh, when did you you start Capoeira? How did you start Capoeira? And where was it? Uh, That's a bit of a funny story. A friend of mine, we went to school together. And uh, when we were teenagers, and we tried a few different kinds of martial arts. You know, tried a bit of Taekwondo, a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of karate. And then um, only a few months here, a few months there, we couldn't really get into it. And he calls me up one day, and he was at his sister's house out at the beach. And he says, ah, oh, man, I just saw this martial arts over here at the beach. They did a demonstration. It's amazing, man. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. I'm like, nah, man. No, I've had enough of your martial arts, man. I can't get into them. He's like, no, no, no. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. So he finally convinced me. He said, the teacher said we can come and look at the class. Just have a look. He said, it's okay. So let's go. And he finally convinced me to come and have a look at the class. And we rocked up there and sat down on the side. And I was just like, fixed for the whole class. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, wow, this is amazing. How can how can this be together with that? How can you put the, the martial arts together with these kind of movements and the music and all the rest of them? And yeah, we came back the next day to start class and that's the, that's the history. Then we never, never stopped since. It's, uh, that was in 1994. 94, and that was in Sydney, Australia, yeah? In Sydney, Australia, that's right. And uh, you, you already started, that was uh, the guy you saw, was he Master Pesci? Yes, so Master Pesci's been my teacher since, since day one. Oh, that's great, man. So, 94, that's a long way. And then uh, you, you said you moved to, to Hong Kong in 2000 and? 2005, I moved to Hong Kong, May 2005. Uh, after I did a little research and I found that there's no capoeira in Hong Kong or in China at that time. So, I thought, well, what happens if, you know, I go over there and put something down and open a bit of a school and see how it goes, you know, just as like an experiment. And then uh, here I am, 14 years later, and yeah, we're going well. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you 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 already married when you move, or you married afterwards? How was it? Because was it through capoeira or? 
Uh, no, I married afterwards. So when I when I came to Hong Kong in 2005 and 2006, a, a teacher that was in Taiwan, and uh, she invited me to go over to Taiwan to join the Batizado, give workshops and so forth. And uh, of course, you get there and then, wow, there's that cute girl in the class, you know. And, no, and she was kind of tall, you know. I'm very tall, and she's tall, and I'm like, wow, she's very pretty, you know. And then now uh, that's sort of how we got together, and then. That was 2006, and by 2009, I, I convinced her to come and live with me in Hong Kong, and now we have our, our studio together. So she teaches ballet, and I teach a couple other. We have uh, we have two studios over here, one on uh, one on Hong Kong Island, and one in the uh, Kowloon side. Wow, that's amazing. That's a that's a really nice story because this is one of the things that I, I am uh, you know really proud of is to have is to, to to I like to think that I play the role when you know my students they meet and then you know they they get together and then families start for this is for me is one of the most uh, 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 beautiful things of, of you know having a a, a a work with capoeira and and uh, having a, an influence on, on you know like uh, on people's lives is really cool it's really nice. And it's a beautiful thing. I think uh, a lot of things that uh, I've done over the years over here in Hong Kong is similar to what I helped Master Pesci do in, in Australia when he first came out there as well. So the, the lead by example sort of method, and, and I do the same thing with my, my guys over here, and I hope that they, they come along and do amazing, great things with their lives as well. As, as, the, as it keeps on passing forward, you know, as they say, pass forward. Yeah, and no, it's amazing this power, uh, this transformational power Capoeira has, and and uh, the impact it has on people's life. But tell me, you you already uh, have have the some guys that are in Guangzhou. Is any other places that you have students as well? So I myself run classes in Hong Kong and Shenzhen. Shenzhen is the city straight across the border into China from Hong Kong. Uh, and then I have two more guys in Hong Kong teaching classes in different areas of Hong Kong. And then uh, one more guy uh, up in Guangzhou, which is about two hours across the border, right into China from Hong Kong. Yeah, and these are the guys that I, I met there. It's really, really a, a nice group, and uh, it's always so much fun when I'm there. But uh, I wanted to something something that people don't really know is is that although everything is China, it, it, they run like different countries, right? They have different currency. Hong Kong is one thing, and then mainland China is another. Macau is another thing. Is that right? Yeah, so in total there's four. There's uh, you got mainland China, and then Hong Kong is a, a, what they call a special administrative region, uh, same as Macau is also a special administrative region, and then uh, Taiwan is another one that uh, is somewhat uh, they say belongs to China as well. But it's a it's a big debate amongst the people uh, in each of these places. You know, Hong Kong people will say, yeah, we're not we're not China, we're Hong Kong. Uh, Taiwan people will say, we're not China, we're Taiwan. No, but uh, China will say no, no. You're all Chinese, so you're all China. That's all the the, the Chinese approach of always think, yeah. But it's, it's really interesting. There was the, the the protest with the umbrella a while ago, right? That was a few years now. Yes, yes. So that was all uh, extremely political stuff about uh, when um, the English handed Hong Kong back to the Chinese in '97. and then they said, oh, we're not going to change anything about Hong Kong for 50 years. But there's already a lot of a lot of small things. Yeah. Scraping slowly the changes. Yeah, that's 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 really interesting. And and the the, the public like that does capoeira. Would you say there are most foreigners, or do you feel there is a, a, a big interest on on uh, the local like Chinese? 
In Hong Kong, I've always aimed towards having the local people. Uh, I didn't I didn't focus too much on getting the, the foreigners in Hong Kong because in Hong Kong, a lot of foreigners come here uh, on work contracts and so maybe six months, maybe a year, and then they go back to their country. You're always uh, passing through. To, like really build a team. So that's yeah. why I always focus on the locals. So I have a, have a long-term chance of really building a team. Uh, up in China, it's still still trying to catch on with a lot of local people local people like it but uh, they get a little bit intimidated sometimes because uh, most pretty much all of the the teachers in mainland china are foreigners themselves so it's a little bit still a little bit of a hurdle to get over to really get a big population of uh, our local chinese to play but i think that's going to change in the next couple of years as they come up through with these uh these, these uh, international competitions oh yeah so you, you we That's the one of the things I wanted to talk to you about the the competitions because it's uh, it's something that really fascinates me. I I for one side I am really I know of the of the positive impact of a competition on you know getting people to know more and more people to know about capoeira. But there's also the side that kind of like you know when it changes and you know too much the game and it becomes about winning and And how, how do you see it, the, the, this whole paradox with capoeira competition? I see it becoming two different strands of, of the sport. So the, the, what we have now is uh, what I'm starting to refer to as the, the, the art form, the capoeira art form. And then you have the other side, which is the sport capoeira. So I'm, I'm trying to keep very distinct lines between the two, between a capoeirista and an athlete. Uh, By way of thinking, someone who's a capoeira athlete will never become a capoeira instructor or a capoeira master, uh, because in the competitions they're not necessarily uh, not necessarily uh, uh, have to learn to play music, not necessarily have to get into history, not necessarily have to get into the folklore and things like this. So yeah, they can go on to become athletes and players and win gold medals and represent their country and so forth. But uh, until they start learning, you know, history, music, folklore, uh, all this sort of stuff, they they shouldn't be able to be graduated to be instructors, teachers, masters, things like that. I'm trying to keep a very defined line between the two worlds. Yeah, yeah, because I, I look at to I look to towards, you know, the other martial arts and, and how they, they they spread out, you know. And the one I like to, to look into a lot is the Taekwondo, which had a lot of government uh, uh, support and uh, they were very uh, was very competition oriented. And that made, you know, Taekwondo today is the most popular martial art in the world, right? Do you know about Taekwondo a little bit or not really? Yeah, I got some friends that are very much into Taekwondo. And one of my friends, he's, uh, he's into the more traditional Taekwondo. So he's, he's all about uh, competitions are not that great. And, you know, yeah, it helped get the sport popular, but you, they lost a lot of traditions. They didn't do this, they didn't do that, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be the same for a couple of years as well. There's going to be some people that are, aren't going to fully get into the, the sport capoeira side because they're going to, the, they believe that they're going to lose a lot of like uh, traditions and folklores and things like that. And then, but for capoeira to, to really grow, to really uh, push beyond where we are now, something needs to change, something needs to happen. And I think the sport capoeira is, is going to be that push to really get capoeira out there to, to new, new parts of the world and get it more popularized. Yeah, no, I see. I, I, I feel a few two ways. I mean, I think that it all depends how it's gonna be implemented, you know. 
and uh, and uh, but you know one thing that really had you know because the group Senzala they 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 benefited a lot from the Birimbau de Ouro the golden Birimbau in the late 60s and that gave you know within the capoeira community of Brazil it gave uh, the group a lot of uh, exposure and uh, you know so it was it was something that benefited the group itself but since then the group i think only took part on uh, on the jebs i don't know if you were aware the jebs were the the, the students uh brazilian uh, student games that happened in the late 80s and that was also a competition that had some uh, group Senzala. I think my father was one of the, the, the referees and, and Mestre Peixinho. But uh, the game was, uh, it was, was judged trying to keep really around the idea of the capoeira. So it wasn't just when you play, it was about, about uh, you know, how you interact. You know, how the, to be honest, I just I just have the the what my father told me, but this is more or less what he, he told to me. But another thing that made a big impact on capoeira in the you know late 90s was the film Only the Strong, and that had a big positive impact as well, right? Yes, yes, yes. That movie came out. I think the the year before or the year after I started capoeira. Everyone knows that movie line for line. <laughs> Yeah, and and uh, it's it's impressive because it wasn't like, I think it was a film that went in st in straight to to the to the videos, right? It didn't really make big on the movies, and was like something you watch on TV, and then the the the, the video, you know, the cassettes and stuff. And the, but it was amazing. I mean, that's that's how I got into Indonesia and to Iran. You know, that's how Capoeira got there as well. A lot of people got uh, uh, that, you know, through the. I think it, it really. Uh, hit a, a, a note with the, the how you say the the imagination of the of the of the young generation at the time but and then, and then uh, more recently uh, more recently we had the, the the movie out of thailand with uh, tony ja uh, he had a scene a scene in his movie with the chief crowder uh in in a burning church and uh, around here around around china around uh, Southeast Asia, that, that scene in that movie is very popular and it, that helped push a lot to Capoeira as well. It helped get a lot of exposure and a lot of people, uh, if not understanding it, at least knowing that it exists, I, which is always a, a good help. Okay, what, what is the name again? I'll, I'll just like to put it afterwards, I'll put a link on the, on the film to have a look. What, what's the name? Uh, I believe the movie was called Tom Young Gung uh, with Tony Ja. Tony Ja, okay. I, Yeah, I remember I've heard the name of the Thai boxers and and uh, yeah, but after I I didn't get the name in Chinese, but you, you can send me a link afterwards if if you don't mind, just so I can can share here with the with the listeners. But uh, yeah, it's it, that movie was filmed in Sydney too, actually. <laughs> okay, okay, that's that's cool, and uh, so I mean. My experience, I, I wanted to ask, I don't know how much you know about the the federation itself, you know, um, how is the structure and, you know, I've, I've had some, uh, I've, I've, I've looked into in the past a little bit about the World Federation and, you know, I think it will, it will pretty much depend how, the, how they will, you know, interact, I guess. You know, do you do you know much about the the, the World Cup Federation? 
I'm I'm getting to know more and more every day uh, because I, I've I've founded the the uh, Capoeira Federation of Hong Kong China and applying for membership with the federation. So I'm talking with these guys a lot every day, and they they structure themselves uh, as a image compared to the Olympic Games system, the Olympic Games structure. Yeah. So they, they do have a vision of trying to get the the sport capoeira eventually one day into the Olympic Games. So um, uh, we'll see what happens with that. People have been talking about that for years, saying it'll never happen, it'll never happen, it'll never happen. But I think uh, the way that they're they're structuring things and the way they're they're making things work and, and the different rules and so forth. They're, they keep implementing new uh, new levels of the rules uh, all the time from event to event. I think there's a big chance actually one day it will get to the Olympic Games. Yeah, I mean, I, from the little I know is that it really needs it really needs, uh, it really needs uh, uh, one international federation rec- recognized to, to be able to be in the Olympics. That's that's the the first the first thing. The second thing is that it needs uh, a a one grade uh, one grading system to be also in the in the Olympics. I don't know if that's the totally accurate, but this is from the time when I looked into it. That was one of the preconditions. It's, it's in there now. They have world ranking. So every athlete that goes to competition that's uh, licensed by the World Cup World Federation, uh, depending on their placing in the competition, they'll get uh, a certain amount of points, and that will determine their their rank in in the whole world of all the players, the, the, all the athletes that compete in competitions. Uh, those rankings are, are already implemented from the last event in Azerbaijan, and you can uh, the, it's on their website. The the people's how many points they have, where they're from, their photo, uh, all this stuff is on there, and uh, they have a they have a book about it, uh, the the ranking system and how it works, uh, which is also available to to see you from their website. So they, they have implemented this this ranking system, yeah. So they that's what I mean by by slowly step by step they're, they're continuously implementing um, different aspects to to keep on growing it towards being the ultimate goal of the. Uh, uh, World Federation akin to any other Olympic sport. So, okay, okay, yeah, this is, it's it's interesting. I think that, uh, you know, I, I I'm gonna be totally honest. I, I I'm playing a bit of like a devil advocate because I think I think that I, I really think it, it could work, but I think it really needs to to. They they really need to to come because like. Well, first, as as a federation, the the experience that we had had with uh, with the Capoeira Federation in in Brazil, for example, it was always something trying to force you know capoeiristas to adapt or to adopt a certain a certain standard, you know, and uh, and uh, this was because this I witnessed you know growing up in in a, in a group Sanzala, and uh, at the time the, the that the, the 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 national the federation of brazil of capoeira was being made and the and the system that he had once once he had like because at the time i don't know the 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 name of the master was a guy from sao paulo he wa- he went a couple of times to rio he stayed in my father's house his name was sergio and one of the things that you know we were trying to talk as soon as the federation got officialized they went back on it you know which was like this kind of struggle, I don't know how it is in China, but they try, for example, to to force like uh, that every single capoeirista had to have a, a, a physical education degree, which on a paper it looks, you know, it looks great, but 
in 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 reality in Brazil, what are you know like I don't know sixty or seventy percent of the of the 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 poorer population or the of the public pop public school population doesn't finish high school, is basically like trying to kill capoeira at, at the roots. So my 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 biggest concern trying to 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 make it uh, uh, concise is that how much you would be willing to listen to the bases, you know, to the to the capoeira base. I mean, that's the main factor, you know, instead of trying to oppose, because once it becomes official and recognized, that this kind of uh, a, a situation happened again in, in, in Portugal. I am not sure, though, if it has any link to do with the World Capoeira Federation, I must say, but I've heard of of uh, of people talking about one guy that got uh, responsible for capoeira in Portugal, and now if you want to go and move into Portugal, you have to get a, a a grade through him, you know, which or, or to get a, a license through him, which it does not necessarily that has to be bad but i think it it, it ignites a lot of fear on 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 the heart of capoeirists because capoeira is, comes from a culture of resistance you know and, and once you say like look this is the way there will be automatic people that will will turn away that's that's the first thing what do you think on that uh this is this is where it comes back to to what i was talking about earlier about the two specific different strands of of capoeira. The way the way I'm looking at it, the way I'm I'm trying to tell people about it. So so the it ends up being part of the federation, being part of the association, being an athlete would be a choice and not something that be that you would have to do and be forced upon. Uh, so if you just like a you could even you could even make the example towards a, a capoeira Angola and capoeira Haitian L. You know, you choose to be Haitian L, you choose to be Angolero. Um, that's true yeah give it the same sort of sort of analogy you know if you don't want to be an athlete you know if you don't want to join competitions then just go to the Sunday harder play have some fun sing some songs you know meet your friends and and you're good you know you're good to go that's that's up to you that's people have to respect your decision I believe uh, but if you do want to go and represent your country and win medals and you know get number one ranking in the world then that's your goal and go for it and there's, there's going to be an avenue for you now to do that so uh, this is this is why I'm trying to maintain this this very specific separation between um, traditional or, or art form capoeira and sport capoeira and capoeira athletes. I see, I see. So you, you, you think that those two could coexist and, and uh, benefit each other without necessarily imposing on each other, right? I think, I think they, they kind of need each other. I understand, I understand your point. I mean, I, I, I agree with you to, 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 to uh, an extent of that. The thing is, yeah, I think what you said, it makes a lot of sense. The, the other thing is... is, is it's, a choice, you know? it's, it's a choice you make. Yeah, sure. The other thing is, I, um, for this to work, as a competition to work, I, I think you also need... Because you had, like for example, the, the Red Bull Paranaue. I don't know if you watched that competition that happened, I think, like a couple of years or last year. The, sorry, the, the live broadcast. No, no, there was a the there was a Red Bull sponsored event in Bahia. Oh, Red Bull in Bahia, yes, yes, yes. You know, and and uh, it managed. I mean, 
the, again, I, I, there was this big debate among my friends in, in the Capoeira community talking about if he was selling out or if not, but that was very... It was very nicely done because it was a lot of like uh, they call it eliminatories. So like the the you had to to qualify the qualifiers, right? And the qualifiers happen in different cities, and then the final happened in Salvador, Bahia, I think near Mercado Modelo, Pelourinho. And uh, you know it it was really, I mean it was a nice thing it was a nice thing to watch, and and I think to be you know I I watched some of the of the the world uh, the world uh, federation championships and uh, and uh, for a capoeirista a little it was a little hard for me for me to watch because it it uh, i mean i think it's a logistical nightmare right to have so many athletes to 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 grade within us to to compete within a time and try to keep the the you know because i do understand what you say about Making a competition, a capoeira competition, but the 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 share, the energy of the roda is it plays a big role in the way you play. Would you agree? Oh yeah, of course, of course, I agree with that. Yeah, I share the energy plays a, a big role in the way you play. And uh, so there's there's the capoeira art form side. You know, the capoeiristas they're going to know that anybody getting to capoeira now, like a, who's starting now with a specific objective to win a gold medal. That's why they're, they're athletes, and they're not going to be couple of distance because they're never going to know that ashe. They're never going to know that feeling, that euphoria, you know, you get from a hotter. And one day they're going to step into a hotter on the street or an academy somewhere, and it's going to happen. They're going to feel it, and they're going to be like, wow, where has it been my whole life, you know? And that's yeah. where they may transform. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You know, some people are going to choose to be athletes, and they may, they're never going to know a lot of, uh, never going to get the feeling a lot of things that the the, the, the traditional the art form capoeira can give you and uh, it's a bit of a shame but you know when people make that choice they make that choice but do you think it could be actually because i was talking to to master gato and and uh, you know he popped into my mind that he actually it could be an opportunity to to raise awareness about the game and re, you know use the the competition to to explain to educate people about capoeira as as a you know how it works there is the gunga there is the you know the role of the gunga and how the gunga can start and finish the game and you know i think it's it's uh, it would be a, a a good opportunity to 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 do that i i i i, I don't have all the answers yet because i haven't seen how the, the whole game i would be curious to actually see how it works but i, I think that taking a similar approach to what you said that it could it could be a um it does not need to be totally apart there but uh, but uh you would be curious so you're saying that now there will be a, a a new championship coming up on within mainland china is that right so we're we're gonna do i just uh, spoke to the wcf the other day gonna have uh the Hong Kong National uh, uh, Hong Kong National competition only for Hong Kong people. So the point uh, the point of that one is is to find the best players in Hong Kong to take to the uh, the, the international championship world championship in Russia next year. Uh, get the Hong Kong team. You know, like like any other sport or Olympic style sport or big international sport, each country will have their own team. Uh, that's what the World Cup World Federation is working towards. Uh, instead of just having random people from everywhere joining. Um, you know, 
one Brazilian living in in France and he joins and he's representing France, but actually he's Brazilian. They're actually trying to get this to a point where each country will have their representing team. Uh, so I have the, the Hong Kong National to do that. And then we're going to have the uh, Hong Kong Open of Sports Cupware, which will be, that one will be licensed by the WCF and that'll be open for any players from around the world to come to Hong Kong, uh, participate, compete and get points towards their, their ranking, towards their world ranking. And when, 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 when is that going to take November place? November. November. Okay. Late, last weekend of November. So after you please send me all the all the details of dates and stuff, and then I'll put on the on the on the links all the links here on the description of the of the podcast because it's something I, I wanna you know I really wanted to to help promote and 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 let let, let this let, let the, the 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 listeners you know uh, uh, know about this and what's happened so can can uh, check for themselves everything. Thank you. That'll be great. Yes, I'll send you all the information uh, straight away. Cool, cool. All right, Mestre, Thank you very much. I will be I will be speaking later on today, hopefully with uh, with Mestre Paulon, who is also you know being I think one of the key guys on on he's making. The, he's the president for the he's the president for the WC. Yes. So when you say because now you just remind me that's the other thing I wanted to ask. So he is the president of the World Capoeira Federation. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because like, I actually when I was in Iran, I'm just gonna run this over with you a little bit quick. Uh, when I was in Iran a, a few years ago, Iran is a place that is very everything is very regulated, you know, and we were trying to apply for a license in 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 the country, and uh, at a time. There was somebody else that was disputing the license with us. I heard through my students, and the guy at the time he was the the Asian champion or the world champion at the time. That was a good four or five years ago, and that's actually when the first time I heard about the World Cup World Federation. It was very very early years, early times, and uh, there was only like a couple of pages on the internet about them, you know, but uh, but. Uh, and then when I looked at it, there was uh, there were all the different representatives of of the of the World Cup World Federation and stuff. But I remember at the time that there wasn't like the president, the secretary, you no, know, all the the bureaucratic part of that. There was not a single uh, Brazilian at the time, and that has, by what you say, that has uh, since uh, has changed. Is that right? That, that's completely changed. Uh, uh, so they have a council of masters now, which is all the, uh, pretty much all of the bigger masters around the world uh, that are uh, like advisors. Uh, Master Palafiara, he's the president. Uh, Master Peshi uh, down there in Australia, he's the head of the, the referee commission. So he's the one helping put together all the, the rules and the point scoring system and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they have their secretary, they have their board of, board of members, uh, everything. It's, it's it's much well, much better structured now than, than uh, I believe what the, the, the period you were talking about, like five, six, seven years ago. Okay, no, that's that's great, Master. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, I will put here as well. Like once you send me the links, I'll put all the links there. I'll put the links to your school, and uh, you know, it was it was a pleasure talking to you. Is there is there anything you you would like to 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 add on or? 
Um, no, I'm good. Thank you for the for the uh, honor to have the have the interview with yourself. That's a, that's a big honor for me. I'm I'm, I'm happy about that. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear this back. And see what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And in your event is gonna be in Guangzhou in Hong Kong. The one you said about May, in the, in the end of May, 24th of May. Uh, 24th of May will be in Guangzhou. Uh, we're actually will be running a referee course for the World Cup World Federation. So if people want to become a qualified referee, a qualified judge for the World Cup World Federation competitions, they can uh, uh, get the material sent to them by email and then uh, come up to Guangzhou, China, and do the assessment face-to-face with Master Peixi and Master Falong. And then uh, also have the China National Competition at that time. And in November, we have the Hong Kong National Competition and the first Hong Kong Open Competition, which is for everyone in the world to attend. That's great. So, uh, what are the preconditions if people want to join? Do they have to have done capoeira before to be a referee? How, what, is that any precondition at all? Yes, yes. There's a few conditions about uh, joining the referee course. So, you have to be at least 26 years old uh, and at least 12 years capoeira and um, uh, a good, good grasp of either English or Portuguese spoken and written language. All right. That's great. Well, please send me all this stuff and I will... I will put it all up here on the description of the of the podcast. Our podcast, guys, is Group Senzala Podcast. You can find it on iTunes or on SoundCloud as well. Master, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it, and I hope to see you in China soon. Fantastic. Looking forward to see you again too, Master. Thank right. you very much. Asha. So there it is, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, we are also on SoundCloud and soon we'll be uploading those podcasts also on YouTube. So subscribe, let me know your thoughts and any suggestions are more than welcome. Thank you very much until our next episode. Ashe! Yeah, yeah, yeah.